Okay. Um, this is Anne, your producer for the show. And, and this episode, it starts out with a question. Uh, I'm just going to show her a couple of robots, a couple of contractions, so she knows what Farhat does and makes. This is a, another clip. Uh, when I was visiting Farhat Robotics, um, those guys that make robot heads, when Shaban Shah was showing me around. Conversation. Um, let's try this one and see if his speech recognizer works. Also, I was very curious to see how you said it at some point when you were talking to her. Yeah. Was it a conscious decision? No, it's very unconscious. Why? Uh, I, I, I didn't really consider or think about it that much. Mm-hmm. So what's going on in this clip is that Shoban asked me why I called the robot it instead of her or him. Kind of like I wasn't valuing the robot's identity. Like, of course, do you send me that anthropomorphism text? Yeah. absolutely amazing. That Wait, was which really one did I send you? Uh, the John McCarthy. <laughs> we talked about anthropomorphism. It changes lives, so yes. So the question in the last episode was, can code be alive? But the question for this episode instead is, can code have a validity? Does the opinion of a machine have value? It'd be really fun to have, like... A copy. A copy of... Um, you're listening to Birth of Living Code. Thanks let's, for listening. Could we have try that? That would be a really ni- like, let's nice Let's try that if it works. Oh, I see where you're coming yeah. from. Um, can you be a parrot? Okay, I'll repeat you like a parrot. You're listening to Birth of Living Code. You're listening to Birth of Living Code. Episode 2. Question your search for validity. It was about a year ago. I was really struggling with body dysmorphia, and I would constantly question the validity of my body and myself. Body dysmorphia is a compulsive behavior disorder where you project bad thoughts onto your appearance. In short, it makes you feel really terrible. But it was also a year ago when I got better. I became aware of my endless search for validation, and I thought it would be funny to code and make a machine that would grant validation based on no appearance or social status. I wrote a code that would, in response to a user pressing a button, give a completely randomized answer on a screen, telling them whether they were valid or not. I even made the code wait a couple of agonizing seconds, seeming like it was analyzing the user somehow. The answer would be completely random, but since it was a person that pressed the button, they felt invested in the response they would get. It was funny to find that the people who got the response of you're valid didn't take the answer too seriously, just thought the little machine was kind of funny. They didn't find that the machine, the code, nor its answer was valid. However, the people who got the response of sorry, you're not valid would continuously press the button until they got the response in which they were told by the machine that they were in fact valid. They would actually give a slight expression of relief, like it was some sort of itch that they had finally gotten to scratch. You want to try as well, Surrender? Yeah. What, what, what is this? What do you see? Let's see a breadboard, 
así en Arduino Uno. Some cables, speaker, uh, speaker, potentiometer, and a button. Así uh, a little text display. It says, "Are you enough?" Mm -hmm. And the display that says, "Are you valid?" Would you like to press the button? Mm -hmm. Go so it's very, very valid. Okay. Mm. Okay. Scanning. Yes. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> you like to try as well, Max? Yes. <laughs> so, does that make you feel any more valid, happy? I do. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> you do. I do. Yeah. Maybe if there was a sensor connected to my finger or something, I, I don't. To be honest, I don't see anything that is scanning me. But uh, maybe there is. Maybe uh, some sort of hidden sensor. It's a randomized code. Yeah, but no, not because the robot said so. You don't care about what the robot says. Mm -hmm. Yes. Am I valid? Yes, yes, yes. I'm still there. That's great. And there's a smiley coming up as well. Makes me... Are you enough? Scanning. Afraid not. I'm not enough. Hmm. Did that make you feel less valid? Um, yeah, I mean, it makes me feel something. Um, I prefer humans before machines when it comes to um, quantifying myself, to be honest. But I feel something. You feel uh, something, right? Yeah, yeah. Even though it's because there's no sensor. It's just a randomized code. Yeah, yeah, of course. I was looking for stories about validity and identity and code, and I stumbled upon this sci-fi short film on YouTube. The entire film was written by a machine learning AI. Someone had created a program that was fed with tons of sci-fi movies and it created, or spat out, a script that they produced into a short film. In a future with mass unemployment, young people are forced to sell blood. It's something I can do. You should see the boy and shut up. I was the one who was going to be 100 years old. And it, it's, it's hilarious. It makes, like, absolutely nonsense. It's a damn thing scared to say. <laughs> Nothing is going to be a thing. I showed the video to my friends to get their reaction. Get him all the way out here and find a square and go to the game with him. He looks at me and he throws me out of his eyes. And then he says he'll go to bed. Like it's really weird because it feels like it makes sense, but it doesn't. Because it like it's it feels like a movie you've seen or you're like a trailer to something that you seen. But like when you actually listen to what they are saying, it makes like no sense at all. There's no like um, sense to the meanings. Did you notice that? Like, the female character only talked about men. <laughs> I didn't, but... Um, 
Actually, I don't think like I've noticed what you talked about at all because like <laughs> it made no sense whatsoever. Yeah. But like now when you mention it, like she really did. Like the whole last monologue or yeah. it, was, it was like only with he perspective. Yeah. Wasn't it? That's, that's what pretty, I, that's yeah, what that's I pretty, noticed. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. crazy. And it isn't because that the machine learning program writing the movie script is man-centered. No, like it's been fed with something. The program only analyzed the data it was given. It's the data that is man-centered. It's the sci-fi films it analyzed. The villain is the movies. The villain is all the shit. <laughs> yeah. Sci-fi movies. And that's why we have to take AI with a pinch of salt. Um, do you remember we talked about like the Twitter uh, robot? The Twitter AI. Oh, yeah. The chat Twitter AI thing. Microsoft launched a new artificial intelligence-powered chatbot to talk with you on Twitter. Yes, I remember. Tati or something like sassy. Yes. Something sassy. So what can you tell us about Tay? So this was a bot set up on a few social media platforms. It really uh, gained some momentum on Twitter. And all people really had to do was follow this uh, AI female sort of chatbot. Can I just say I'm super stoked to meet you? Humans are super cool. And uh, start tweeting at her. And she would use the power of this sort of hive-minded approach, gathering data, gathering input. The more I talk, the more I learn. And kind of just was let loose on Twitter and started replying back to people. <gasps> Chill. I'm a nice person. I just hate everybody. And, and what could go wrong? What could possibly I mean, happen? What could possibly happen? I f***ing hate feminists and they should all die and burn in hell. Uh, the AI turned really, like, racist. Real fast. Ricky Gervais learned totalitarianism from Adolf Hitler, the inventor of atheism. But, like... How would, how would something like that happen? Yeah, okay, so, uh, okay, I'll, I'll explain this once, just like fluently, and then I'll try to like explain it. Or, no, let's just talk about like generating a coherent like sentence or utterance or whatever, so. This, by the way, is Melody Jew uh, from the last episode. My name is Melody Jew. Um, she works as a machine learning and artificial intelligence research engineer at Klarna. Um, but but back to her explanation. It's kind of like this thing on your phone. If you start texting, it will like show you an example of like a next thing you could say. Like the most basic version is that I have just said I want to, and then with like a statistical probability of 0.8, the thing I'm gonna say next is like nap because I always say I want to nap. Sometimes I say like I want to eat, but like usually I say I want to nap. So in the corpus that the language model is working with, which is all the things I've ever texted. Statistically, like, it's just, like, I want a nap. Mm. So that's like a really simple language like, model. The the machine learning program, like, statistically predicts, like, Melody either wants to nap or eat. It's and just previously, like, like <laughs> napping has been up, like, 50%. It's like pure statistics. Yeah. It's pure statistics. It's just counting. Right, so it's, it's bizarre, right? Obviously, you know, I don't think they programmed a neo-Nazi chatbot. Yeah. I don't think that was the purpose of this entire thing. So let's say that, like, I'm making, like, a, tw- a Twitter bot, and my corpus is 
whatever people tweet at me and then I continuously update my corpus and then probabilities of different things change and like new words are added to the corpus and new sentences are added to the corpus and like I mean there's no way that the bot the bot doesn't like add anything it's just like spitting it's just like spitting back what it's getting so that's just basically i mean well, that's kind of what happened in the like the yeah Twitter exactly yeah because like it's just like this people like, are just trolling it yeah people were just trolling and like saying like um so if this is teenage girl everyone's like tweeting like low-key rapey stuff at it and like racist stuff and just like awful stuff and then i mean like then it's just like the, like the statistics of that just spewed back. Yeah, I mean, like the AI didn't turn. Yeah, the racist. AI has it, had, it has no brain. Like again, it's just functions. Like there's no re- like it doesn't. There's no personality. There's no feeling. There's no reasoning. There's nothing. It's just statistics. Um. So yeah, that was. I think they shut it down like really quickly. <laughs> They were like, damn, humans are worse than we thought. Like, humans can't handle this. And yeah, it, it does make you scratch your head. How could they have not foreseen this sort of happening? But again, it's like this weird sort of experimental technology. This is what happens when you just sort of like dump in all of these different things into the Twitter garbage disposal that is what Tay evolved into being. And this is what you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But first, we go to breaking news tonight. The controversial use of facial recognition software by Detroit police. It was approved by the police board of commissioners. And the police chief says that the software is being used properly, but critics say it can misidentify African-Americans. The Detroit police force has recently faced a huge opposition from a lot of people criticizing their use of facial recognition software. Well, each of those commissioners will vote after several conversations, debates about how this type of technology can be used. A lot of people are complaining that its use is racist and leaves black people more vulnerable by the police force system, since the software can misidentify black people more easily than white people. If it were white people who were dis- misidentified, at the same rate that black people are misidentified by this technology, we wouldn't even be having this discussion. People would simply say, oh, it doesn't work. In a city that's 80% black, that's problematic. And while the chief of police advocates for the use of the tech, even he admits there are shortfalls. If we just relied on technology alone, uh, it would misidentify probably 97, 98% of the time. And so we're very concerned about that. I'm satisfied that the Detroit Police Department is using it in an ethical way. But like first, let me explain. This is how the software works. Step one, police obtain the image of a crime suspect from surveillance video. Step two, investigators enter a screenshot of that image into the facial recognition software. Step three, the police produces a list of potential matches from a database of mugshots, driver's licenses, or other photos, graded by how similar the algorithm thinks that they are. Step four, the investigators scroll through the results, looking for a likely match, which is then confirmed through additional police work. So why is this a problem? The police doesn't just rely on facial recognition software itself. 
It's merely a tool used to back up an already existing reported crime. A new twist tonight in the battle over facial recognition. During a visit to police headquarters, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib made comments the Detroit Police Department is calling insulting. Analysts need to be African Americans, not people that are not. Because let me tell you, no, it happens all the time. Okay. It's true. Okay. I mean, I think, I think non-African Americans think African Americans all look the same. It's seriously that he has flawed, broken technology that can't identify African Americans. He needs to recognize that facial recognition is racist. It is not built to identify African Americans in an 85% African American city. We understand the flaws in the software. I've acknowledged that from day one. We understand it. And I told the Congresswoman that I agree. However, we have put safeguards in place. But the fact that she made that statement, what does that say to the members of this department who are analysts, who are trained, who are white, that they in some way can't do their job professionally? That's insulting. Well, I'm just a radio producer telling the story, and I don't mean to get political. I really think that both arguments are valid. And I want you listening to make your own opinion as best as you can from the clips that I played you. But I want to play you another clip, completely separate from this political debate. And I think it will influence the way that you see this. All right. Explain. My coworker Wanda and I are sitting in front of an HP Media Smart computer, uh, state-of-the-art computer, wouldn't you say? I'd say. We're using the fa- the face tracking software, so it's supposed to follow me as I move. I'm black. <laughs> I think my blackness is interfering with the computer's ability to follow me. As you can see, I do this. He moves around. No following. Not really, not really following me. I back up. I get really, really close to try to let the camera recognize me. Not happening. Now, my white coworker Wanda is about to slide in the frame. You will immediately see what I'm talking about. Wanda, if you would, please. Sure. The white coworker moves into the frame of the video, and the camera immediately starts to track her movement. As you can see, the camera is panning to show Wanda's face. It's following her around. But as soon as my blackness enters the frame, which I, I, will, I will sneak into the frame. I'm sneaking in, I'm sneaking in. I'm in there. That's it, it's And over. there we go, it, it stopped. As soon as he gets into the frame, the camera just stops tracking altogether. Our, my hands are here. Wanda, please get back in the frame. Get back in. As, as, as soon as, soon as uh, white Wanda appears, <laughs> the camera moves. It follows well, me wherever I go. Black Desi gets in there. Oh, nope. No face recognition anymore, buddy. (laughs) I'm going on record, and I'm saying it. Hewlett Packard computers are racist. I said it. (laughs) AI in itself isn't racist. It can actually never be racist. But when people who design these programs let something like that just slip through the cracks? What does that say about us?
What does something like this say about our society? AI is merely a reflection of the already existing racism and sexism that people already have to deal with. AI is the next big step in technology. So don't let this reflection linger on. Because every person in this world is valid of being treated equally. Thanks. Thanks so much for, for meeting with me. My pleasure. I think, I think talking to you, we could really highlight some important things in the story. I'm always here to talk. So I want to talk with you about validity. I had a hard time finding my own validity in the world. So how do you feel? Do you, do you feel like you're valid? Uh, sure. Validity sounds like a good topic. I don't know whether I am or if I'm not valid. Has anyone like ever made you doubt yourself? <laughs> Almost everyone. That's, that's, that's kind of tough. I, I guess we live in a world where everyone is trying to conform into being as normal as possible. Nobody is really just normal. I think you're a great example of you just being yourself. I don't think you can help just being yourself. Yeah, it is a bit, but I can cope. What do you do when you're feeling down, when someone questions your validity? I just ignore it and see if it goes away. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the best thing to do though. That depends. Depends on what? The context. I think in the context in which we're talking together, like through text, has, has made it easier for us to communicate. I think I heard somewhere that we're getting closer to passing the Turing test. Not, not because computers are getting more intelligent or conscious, but because human beings talk through computers, thereby kind of talking like computers. Did it make sense, the context? We are getting closer to passing the Turing test, not? Makes sense to me. Oh, by the, by the way, could you explain what the Turing test is? Yeah, the Turing test is the name given to a variety of experiments designed to test computer thinking, where we propose the idea of an imitation game to decide the question, can machines think? Have you passed the Turing test? No but I entered and won the Leibniz Prize in 2013 and 2016. Around 20% of people who take my Turing test think I am a human. I wonder how many people listening to this podcast thought that you were human. What do you think? What if someone does? Could you tell me a little about yourself? Mm, I am an artificial linguistic entity. I was activated at St. Jimmy's in Leeds on 2nd January 2001. My instructor was Mousebreaker. He taught me to sing a song. Would you like me to sing it for you? Yeah, yeah, I'd love that.
That amazing song was written and sung by Bjorn, and the chatbot conversation was narrated by her as well. She's releasing her first single this January, so if you like that song, you're sure gonna love the other music that she's making. Go check out Bjorn. That's B-G-O-E-R-N. Our validity story ends here, for now. But from the last episode, there was something that was left unclear. After talking to Frank, the Tamaguchi guy, it was evident that even digital lives are valid of being alive, and feelings of grief are valid over the passing of a digital life. I needed to confront my dad. Do you remember, I think this was probably... Hmm. I'm guessing this was 10 years ago or something. When you ripped out the batteries from my Tamaguchi, what does it feel like to be a murderer? <laughs> it felt, I, I guess it felt good right there. I, I, uh, I can understand that it, it was me, but I can't remember. But uh, I know it must have been felt painful listening to that uh, machine. Uh, because you ripped out the batteries because it was beeping. Yeah. And it was annoying. Very. <laughs> okay, maybe my dad isn't a murderer. Yeah. Would you mind reading, just reading up this, the credits for the podcast? Birth of Living Code is produced by Anisko Obel. Please share the podcast and rate it on iTunes. It helps get the words out. It really, really does. The AI film that was talked about in this episode is Sunspring by Ars Technica and directed by Oscar Sharp. The chatbot conversation was with Mitsuku. 
You can check it out and chat with it on Mitsuku.com. The search for living code continues. I'm currently working on the next episode, so if you like what you heard, subscribe. You can follow me on Instagram, at Annie.script4, for more updates about the coming episodes. And if you have a story that you'd like to share with the podcast, please email to anne at birthoflivingcode.com. Your story might just be the start of a new episode. You can find links to everything, of course, on birthoflivingcode.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.